making for sure. Are we? Are we? Recording I don't now? know. Are we? We are recording. We're recording. There we, we go. are recording. What's up? What's up, people? We're recording. What's up? Hi there. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I'm looking at my cam right now. Hi. I'm Nico. I'm Nico Rigoli. I'm the guy who Lou Castriota threw around twice at Sprawling the Bird One. Nice to meet you all. <laughs> nice to re meet you. I'm sure a lot of people watching saw you at uh, Sprawling the Bird. So we'll just start right off the top with that, man. I mean, you threw your hat into that early. I know Isaac uh, had your name available to match very early. Lou Castriota was a beast, man. That that guy, he knows what he's doing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, in the lead up to all this, I was just like trying to focus on me, focus on me, uh, just trying because for something Conor McGregor said before he went crazy has always <laughs> stuck with my mind, and it's um. Winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. And that kind of stuck with me. So I was just trying to focus on me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but I did do a little research on him. I tried to see if he had a record uh, in grappling. And I and I did find that he had a couple gi matches back in 2021. He was one in three at this one tournament and then never competed again. Uh, so I was like, okay, I've competed a little bit more than he has, especially in the past couple months. Let me see. Uh, I think I'm gonna do okay and i was feeling the the vibe of the crowd i was enjoying it a lot and then we locked up for the first time once we got in that cage and i felt how strong he was and i'm like oh crap this is not gonna be as easy as i thought it was and my game plan was i was trying to get him up against the fence and try and take him down from there uh and he kept getting me up against the fence. Now, thankfully, it wasn't fully on my back. It, it was mostly just ass against the fence. Mm -hmm. uh, but he kept getting me in a position where I had to defend and defend and defend. And eventually he ended up throwing me <laughs> into the <laughs> air and onto the ground twice. I'm amazed both times that nothing uh, that it didn't hurt. Um, like I just landed in the right spot where uh nothing bad happened and I could keep on fighting. And that's exactly what I did. I just kept on fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, trying to get back to a position where maybe I didn't have the advantage, but we were neutral. And um, I'm glad I impressed you and the commentators and the fans and the 247 brass in defeat with the fact that I did not give up. That said, it sucked to lose. <laughs> it, it sucked to lose. And I, I'm hoping at Sprawl on the Berg 2, things will go better. And um, by the way, for those of you who are wondering, who is the guy that they kept pausing the audio for these past couple of weeks? I'll just say I'm the guy who asked for that guy that they've been <laughs> pausing the audio for. This is this is all you're doing. All these audio pauses were Nico Rigoli. Yes. Yes, they were. I, I saw an opportunity uh, literally the day after Sprawl on the Berg 1. Uh, I saw something online and I'm like, let me see if I can make this work for me. And um, uh, we're still working on it, too. We're not giving up that dream yet. That's for sure. And I saw how excited you were the next day on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, OK, I've made uh, if this works out, uh, money will be made. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I know Danny Palm's got to love it, too, being he he's a well, this is a semi spoiler. Not really being a big pro wrestling guy. So there's there's a hint for you guys if you want to know who we've been pausing the audio for is from the pro wrestling world. And for the record, I'm technically from it too. Very true. Um, Very true. I, I, uh, 
I've had a long upbringing in martial arts and, and MMA was my first love. I, I was going to get into it straight out of high school, had a bad sparring accident where I, I don't want to say I got knocked out, but like it was poorly supervised. Mm -hmm. And uh, here I am. I was like five, eight, 135 soaking wet at the time. And mm -hmm. I got paired up with the six foot seven heavyweight smart. And I had that teenage confidence that was unearned and i was just like i got a black belt in taekwondo i'm making progress in jujitsu i can handle this just fine and uh i had like the james tony guard with my hands Beautiful. and i walked right into a left roundhouse kick bridge Oof. of the nose had ptsd from that and didn't spar for a year and decided you know what college doesn't look so bad <laughs> right now and so for the past 10 years, I've kind of been running away from the MMA dream that I had been chasing since childhood. And now we're back at this point where I am chasing it again, kind of. It's mostly submission grappling right now. Uh, but in between that, there was a stint where this was after I got vaccinated after a year and a half in lockdown. Uh, I decided, you know what? Let's I'm not sure where I stand as a martial artist right now, but let me give pro wrestling a try. And... I feel like I was making good strides in it and um, had my first match in front of a crowd in October. Um, actually, it was a little bit earlier. It was a food fight battle royal where we were all dressed as food uh, and I won. I, I like that was my first match. And I, I, I was like, I'm going over. I'm winning. OK, I was dressed as a banana. Uh, my Beautiful. name was Banana Rama. And my thing was, I bruise really easily, and anytime someone would stomp on me, they'd it's slip, but they but they'd still bump on top of me. Right, so right. it's just I'm just taking a bunch of abuse, and then somehow I ended up beating um, the hot dog to win the final okay. uh, to to win the battle royal, and that was my only win as a pro wrestler. After that, That's I had beautiful. a singles match against um, Chase Holiday, who's well known in the. Uh, midwest independent wrestling scene uh those of you who know of paradigm pro wrestling you'll probably know of chase holiday um he and i had a pretty decent match and uh then i got hurt i uh i'll explain what happened i would uh, i was in practice trying to work on the things that i had uh, maybe not been doing enough of in the matches i had in front of a crowd i was trying to work on my crowd work trying to uh, be more emotive, uh, be more patient, things of that nature. And so I'm getting ready to take a suplex from someone. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bracing myself to, uh, uh, to take this suplex in the ring. And I, I need to preface, I was one of the guys that liked to wrestle barefoot. Uh, okay. and, uh, and in the particular school I was at, they they are all boot wearers. They all like, mm. uh, they all would prefer boots. They think that, that they thought that me being barefoot was kind of literally dirty, uh, but, but also it was just like, it, it, it was just outside of tradition for them in a sense, but I still kept with it. And I had my left leg extended a little too far out when I was bracing myself for the suplex. So my heel what uh my my toes were up my heel went into the mat first and then the rest of my foot was just forcibly pressed into mm. the floor and so i i wrenched my ankle real bad uh isaac said it was sprained um and so i was trying to work through it but i just physically couldn't i was going through a bad depression because of how i couldn't train mm -hmm. from it and um uh, had 
like three more battle royals where my time in them was short lived. And I was like, I don't know if I'm happy right now. So I think I'm going to go back to fighting and see how things work out there mm -hmm. at the mo at the moment. It's still just been jujitsu because the ankle issue has still not fully resolved itself. I can grapple fine. Uh, but the thing is like, Coming from a Taekwondo background, I'm used to explosiveness, jumping, kicking, mm -hmm. things of that nature. And uh, I haven't felt like I could like I can kick or jump safely right now. It, like it just mm -hmm. it is so I actually went to an orthopedist today. Um to like it's been since October, November that this injury happened. So I'm like, I'm still dealing with pain. What is it? We took an x-ray, he's like, nothing's wrong with the bone. Uh he didn't think there was anything wrong with the ligament either. And then he had me jump and he and it hurt and he was like where's the pain and mm -hmm. he's like okay this might be tissue related let's get you an mri so we're gonna schedule an mri we're gonna see what's going on in there and hopefully they'll be like here's what you need to do you do it and you can start kicking again without issue and then i can fully round out my game and i can start being part of brawl in the bergs <laughs> as well as all these sprawl in the bergs well we'd be happy to have you man that's a crazy process though and just goes to show how injuries for fighters you always hear about a ufc level fighters we'll just run it up for the casual listener how they're always banged up in fights to some degree everybody says you're you're never entering a fight 100 hell so it's always something like like you just said tissue of your ankle just bugging you for now that's what like seven or eight months even if it wasn't this, Maybe more. I still <laughs> wake up in some kind of pain every day, whether it's tight shoulders, tight hips. Uh, oh, something welcome with, to something, the map factory. Something with the <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> By the way, I was, some people say they were day one. I was day negative five with the, with the map factory. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. So I started, let me preface, I, I started doing Taekwondo with, uh, Philip Maris at age, okay, nice. at age six um, and uh, have been doing that for a long, uh, I guess we'll start from the beginning. So uh, I, in my third grade elementary school class, we had an instructor by the name of Jeannie Haberman come in uh, to like try and find some kids who would want to be part of a Taekwondo summer camp. Uh, and mm. um can't remember what exactly the demonstration was they did in our gym class, but I was like, this is fun. And my parents were like, if you're having fun with this, we'll let you take the summer camp and we'll see where things go from there. Also, I was I was kind of a shitty child. <laughs> so, <laughs> like uh, like I'm, I'm this autistic ADHD kid who uh, needed some structure uh -huh. because I didn't know what being a friend was uh, was or like how the right way to behave in public was or things of that nature so uh so it was like i needed some sort of structure in my life taekwondo ended up becoming that i did really well at the camp we found out that i could uh, i was basically part tigger from winnie the pooh <laughs> like i had just those springs Springy. in my legs yeah. that allowed me to uh, jump kick really high can't dunk for some reason mm. i don't know why that is but i can't but but like in my heyday uh i i could do a pretty solid jump kick nice dude um and so these summer camp sessions that i did with Jeannie haberman led me to starting to train regularly with now grandmaster philip amaris yeah uh, and um again i want to reiterate i was a shitty child <laughs> shitty child and 
my first class with Philip Amaris, um, the great Philip Amaris. Yeah, he, he's he, amazing. He had on his uh, his black dough buck. That's the Korean word for ghee. And me being the shitty child that I was said to him. And I remember this because he won't let me forget it. I, I said to him, hey, you in the black. When is this thing over? Wow. <laughs> Which is wow. a death sentence. Uh, but kept at it. <laughs> kept uh, at the very least, I was improving in terms of the physical stuff like like i i had promise made it up to yellow belt green uh excuse me yellow belt orange belt green belt blue belt but i wasn't really getting the behavioral aspect of it mm. and grandmaster Maris was actually getting ready to just flat out give up on me uh and i think he said something to me or someone else said something to me of like you have the potential to be something good and you don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And so around the time I made Purple Belt, things started clicking. I started realizing that, okay, I do have potential to be someone, to be something, and I'm throwing it all away. So let me go all in on this as much as I could. Uh, and the changes started to show. Around this exact same time, I just I see this show on the History Channel called Human Weapon, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, Bill Goldberg was a part of, nice. and it, where he would like travel the world with this other guy, Jason Chambers, and uh, practice different martial arts and then compete in them. Right, like, like Taekwondo was one of them. Sport karate, escrima fighting, um, Krav Maga was mm -hmm. apparently one of them too. And that's how I also discovered jujitsu and the sport of MMA. Uh, and later on, I learned about the ultimate fighter. My mm -hmm. first, my first season was season seven, uh, shout out to Amir Sadala, nice. uh, the toughest nurse, uh, ever. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, I'm getting better and I'm learning about this sport. And, uh, I, uh, like the, the better I got grandmaster Maris actually once compared me to GSP, uh, when, <sighs> and like that, that for a, Somewhere between ten and twelve year old boy. That is a big compliment. <laughs> That's a big compliment for a thirty-two year old boy. <laughs> Somebody would tell me I was like GSP, I'd be like, Yeah, nice. And <laughs> so I was really happy about that. Um somewhere around this time as well, I had started to develop a love for pro wrestling because Bobby Lashley had just had a couple MMA fights at the time. Yeah. And he was going back to pro wrestling, trying to do both at the same time. He went to TNA. And so I started watching TNA. I see AJ Styles do his Pele kick on this seven foot tall American gladiator, Matt Morgan. And I'm like, okay, this looks this fun. Awesome. Yeah. This looks fun. And so I kind of, my, my love for both of them kind of developed at the same time, but I always knew MMA was the thing that was right. for me. Um, so once I, I had reached black belt as in Taekwondo and I was like, okay, now I got to round out my game a little bit. Let me try amateur wrestling for my high school and let me try jujitsu as well. Um, for wrestling, the main thing with me was I always wanted to be somewhere else when mm -hmm. we were doing wrestling. Uh, like I wanted to kick people or submit people. I right. didn't really want to pin people. <laughs> so that kind of hindered any ability I had to make any progress as sure. an amateur wrestler. 
Uh, like, I think if, in one match, and this is really embarrassing to say, but it's a me story, so I might as well tell it. <laughs> I think I pinned myself because I was doing the Nick Sarah uh, oh uh, uh, lay God. on the ground and try yeah, and welcome yeah, yeah. them into my guard thing, not realizing <laughs> that that was going to lose me the match at the time it's uh, so funny uh, it, it is it's a thing that happened oh my god but but it but it just goes to show that like pinned myself does that count as a pin for you um, you pin yourself my shoulders were on the ground <laughs> and the ref stopped the match and it was your doing though so that I don't yeah know, that should count as a so, pin for nico or goalie so dumb move <laughs> on my part but it, it and like i made some progress here and there but like my my, my heart i guess you could say yeah was never with wrestling because uh amateur wrestling I should specify because my my mind was always wanting to be elsewhere it was at that end goal of wanting to be an MMA guy mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so going on to jujitsu now um I had been training with Eddie Vincent at the um at the Valley Sports Complex in New Kensington mm -hmm. uh this was before the Mat Factory even existed um what year was this for, just for context uh, how old was i i was like 11 or 12 maybe so um i i will say it was probably in like the early to mid 2000s okay um so this was before the birth of the mad factory uh eddie vincent was teaching jujitsu classes in this room in this building that was basically for weightlifting upstairs uh, and for hockey players, because mm. there were two ice rinks in there as well. Sure. And sometimes when the hockey players would warm up, we'd end up getting the boot and we wouldn't be able to train that night. Um, somewhere along the way, Isaac Greeley came into the picture. He and Eddie Vincent became business partners and the Mad Factory was born. Hence why um, I say I was a day negative yeah, five guy. Yeah, you were. So I was there for the very birth of the Mat Factory. That's sweet. Um, and um, so I would. Uh, so re wrestling issues aside, I was growing in Taekwondo. Eventually made it to third degree black belt. Um, was, I was developing in jujitsu. Somewhere in that journey, Eddie just said, "Hey, you're a blue belt." There was no formal ceremony or anything like that. And I'm like, "Okay, cool." Guess I'm uh, a blue belt. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, once I graduated high school and got into college, I couldn't really drive for like the first year of college. So I couldn't really go anywhere to train. Mm -hmm. So I kind of that was sort of like the beginning of me having a lot of on and off periods. Mm -hmm. um, I did win two Naga tournaments uh, uh, in my I think when I was 21 and 22. Um, so that there's that. Nice. And then. Then I had another tournament that I didn't train for at all uh, and basically got tapped out by guillotine twice <laughs> in the span of 60 seconds both times. And then I just, for some reason, kind of stopped training. I I don't like I guess I just let school win. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it didn't really help that like somewhere around this time, my dad got cancer, too. Mm. And uh Six months before he passed away from cancer, my aunt also passed away from falling off a balcony in Mexico, Whoa. which, um, yeah, yeah. That's unreal. But basically, a lot of bad luck going on, a lot of 
awful yeah shit or at least depressing shit in my life going on that just kind of threw me off track and maybe i wasn't handling it super well sure and it, uh, and i was also having migraines a lot after workouts apparently like i had not gone to the i should have been using the rehab center a lot back then because i wasn't and like my neck had gotten so compressed i was just carrying so much tension in my shoulders and my traps in my neck that like any workout would give me a migraine afterwards oh wow so uh like i didn't realize this until like way later after the problem started so um Where am I getting lost in the story here? <laughs> uh, so basically, like, my athletic career was on hold at that point. So I'm trying to figure out other ways to give my life purpose. Um, I went to Penn State, New Kensington. Uh, and so this is where I bring up Thon. Uh, you know what Thon is? No idea what Thon is. Uh, so those of you who went to Penn State, you'll know what Thon is. It is a 46-hour dance marathon dedicated mm. to raising money for kids with cancer and uh, researching um, pediatric cancer uh, through this charity called the Four Diamonds Fund. And I had gone there as a dancer for the first time. Well, not as a dancer, but as a supporter. I would be in the stands. Basically, no one in the Bryce Jordan Center is allowed to sit down for okay. the 46-hour period that this dance marathon is taking okay. place. Um, that's why I couldn't handle being a dancer because eventually I would have to sit down. <laughs> that's so, a lot of dancing. But, but as a supporter, you can leave the, you can come and go in the building as you please. Okay. So, um, I went as a supporter and first time I went was just right after my dad had passed. Mm. So this inspired me. This inspired me. Um, and around this time as well, I had gotten heavily involved in this in the fan base of this show on YouTube called the movie trivia Schmodown. Okay. Uh, and uh, a bunch of fan made trivia leaks had spun off from their love of this show. And so the next year, this will be 2019, my second thon, I decided I wanted to do like a spinoff event of uh, this, uh, that kind of like took the love of trivia uh, that I had been developing at the time and uh, that would lead into Thon and help me raise money as well. Um, I asked a bunch of the friends I made through the trivia community, hey, can we put on some matches and can we uh, air them all throughout this week? I ended up taping like 15 trivia matches <laughs> over the span of a month. God, I was so tired by the end of it. That's a and, lot. Uh, yes, yes. And then aired them all in the span of one week. And my goal was to raise $6,000 through this I ended up raising over seven thousand. Wow, nice! Uh, and that actually got Penn State New Kensington on at least one of the top ten charts for fundraisers. That's uh, cool, the, man. For the for the twenty nineteen thon, and I was really proud of that. Really proud of that. Tried it again twenty twenty. Didn't raise as much as I wanted to, but was still happy about that. And twenty twenty, this was like just um, so I, I graduated in winter of 2019 the mm -hmm. very last class that got to graduate physically <laughs> right good point yeah 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 so thon happened right before lockdown um 
but you know it was 2020 people were still struggling financially here and there mm-hmm. so they couldn't really, I couldn't really raise as much money as I wanted to and then the world shuts down and this was right around the time as well when I was like let me give working out another try I was like I was going back to Taekwondo I was trying to uh, uh, see where I stood uh, 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 and see what I needed to work on and whatnot and then just a few classes in the whole world just says like nope stay home for a bit and so so that just forced me to go deeper and deeper into trivia and until it became too much for me but i uh, (laughs) but um tried it again in 2021 didn't really raise a lot of money uh, but still kept it going Uh, and that was kind of the last year i did trivia fourth on as i was calling it uh and then the past two years, I've done building for Thon, which was a 46-hour Twitch stream where I would build Legos uh, with my friends. Um, last year, I didn't raise enough money to reach my goal, but I did make it to affiliate status on Twitch thanks to the help of uh, Steve and Larson mm. and, and their Twitch uh, channel, their friendos. So if you guys are watching, thank you once again. Um, nice. But... um. I didn't uh, so there there was a silver lining there. Um, the following year, this year, tried building for Thon again. Um, we did reach my financial goal, my fundraising goal. Nice, but I was barely on the stream because I caught the flu six hours in oh. and could barely stand up. Oh uh, my! Like that, I I think I lost the footage, but if there is footage that exists still, there's probably a clip or two of me. Laying on the ground in intense pain, just trying to get some oh sort of relief. Oh my goodness! And my and thank God I was not the only one who was doing it this year. I thank God I had my friends right uh, to help carry the stream and do their own Lego builds <sighs> because I was out of commission. Could have ruined everything. Yeah. yeah, I was basically out of commission for the entirety of that stream. So. I don't think I'm going to be doing building for Thon three in this this coming February. (laughs) Um, But that, that, uh, so that brings me to me being a part of two, four, seven. Now me being a part of the jujitsu world, me trying to get back into MMA Mm -hmm. and me having had a little bit of time in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. There are pro wrestlers who do have martial arts experience. Um, And, um, they are badasses, mm-hmm. just like we are badasses for the things we do. The way I see it, pro wrestling, MMA, they they they're they're both martial arts. One is just like I would call pro wrestling improv kata with, uh, with um, a little bit of pain thrown in there. Like if they were twins, pro wrestling is the twin that went to be a theater kid and MMA is the one that went to be a jock but they yeah, were yeah. both so tough that nobody messed with either of them uh, I like that comparison uh, like like, like I, I want to change the stigma around that so yeah. I am hoping that if we do get the opponent I asked for for Sprawl 2 um, that could open the door for me to hold a big charity event that is entirely combat sports themed mm-hmm. that that brings in jiu-jitsu players, MMA fighters, pro wrestlers with shoot backgrounds uh, of all under one roof for one big event where we could raise some money 
for the Four Diamonds Fund, for this charity that means so much to me. Uh, and it's it's all just a matter of the pieces needing to fall into place. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping that if we can get the opponent I wanted, that that'll be the, that would the, be big. the first puzzle piece that allows me to eventually get to this point. Then he can go back to his employers and be like, hey, let's spread the word around. Let's yeah. see who we can get on our end. They'll see who they can get on their end. Uh, and... We'll make some magic happen for sure. One thing I wanted to ask about that that stood out is the 46 hours. Why is it 46 and not 48? That seems like such a distinct. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know why they settled on that number, but it's been tradition. Okay, so that that's kind of just what they stuck with. Uh, They start at 6 p.m. on Friday. And then end at 4 p.m. on Sunday. Mm. So I guess they just want everyone to go home at a reasonable time. Yeah, that is like I, a good start I, and finish I, time, I guess. Yeah. Also, you got to keep in mind it's February. So sometimes there will be snow on the ground. Yeah. And, and like if people are traveling from who knows where to get to the Bryce Jordan Center up, right. in, up at University Fair Park, uh, like they, they'll want an easy drive yeah, yeah. back. So, I was just curious about that. It just stood out like it, what? It, it, it's it, right there. It has <laughs> it has made me think about that too. And it's like 46, 46. What can I do that ties into 46? And I'm like, could I do 46 rounds of jujitsu? Oh, uh, nice. Uh, which Isaac told me, you'll die. Maybe. Um, like, uh, and, yeah. and you know what? He might be right. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it uh, in my opinion, it I it's worth trying. I've always been that the goat conversations that we hear in our world and in other sports as well. First off, I think we should change it to goot as in the greatest of our time because athletes, sports keep evolving. So it's really hard to say like who, yeah, that guy was the best for his era. That guy was the best for her era. And, and, and and it's there and the eras keep changing. So it's like, I feel like the goat argument is kind of null and void just by the concept of time and space. Sure. Um, but besides that, I've, if I, if I can one day make it to be the greatest of all time, cool. I'm more concerned about being the first to do something because that is one accomplishment that nobody can ever take away from you. And you know, one of the first conversations you and I had, this was back when I was still being a pro wrestler, but I was like, someday I'm going to enter your cage and... Hopefully it will be as a champion of pro wrestling and then I can that that would be another step in bringing our worlds together for something special down the line. But it was like Dan Severn, you know, a lot of people when they think of pro wrestlers uh, who have jumped into MMA and vice versa, they think of Brock Lesnar, they think of Ronda Rousey, they think of Matt Riddle, they think of Josh Barnett, Kazushi Sakuraba. Uh, Dan Severn was the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion when he won the UFC Super Fight title. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is so far, according to Wikipedia, the only human being on Earth who has held a pro wrestling title and a, an MMA title simultaneously, let alone major titles in both of those worlds. Nice. Uh, so uh, that is an accomplishment that has not been replicated yet. Shinya Aoki, I think, came the closest because he did a bunch of comedy matches for DDT wrestling out in Japan while he was still the one champion. Um, but uh, that wouldn't uh, have been the same to be fair. People wouldn't have cared as much. I don't think 
Uh, NWA and UFC, that's like, okay, those are two heavy hitters. I mean, this was, for the NWA, this was back when, this was just shortly after Shane Douglas had dropped the, literally dropped the title to help found, well, not found, but rebuild ECW into the hardcore extreme pavilion that we know it to be. Uh, 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 So, like, the NWA was in need of someone to bring stability, and Dan Severn was that guy. And then he, <laughs> yeah, and, and then the not, model of stability, Dan and, Severn. <laughs> and, and, and then he, and then he just decides, you know, this, this UFC thing looks fun. He's got Kevin James in his corner, by the way. <laughs> uh, and, and, and he's just like, sure, I'll give it a shot. Wins one of the UFC tournaments, mm-hmm. wins the ultimate ultimate, I think. And then, uh, uh, wins the UFC super fight title before losing it to Mark Coleman and it eventually becoming the heavyweight title of the world. Right. Uh, uh, so uh, that's crazy. I, I know, I know. So this is a man who has done something that no one else has been able to do. And I was talking to you, um, a year ago about wanting to somehow replicate this. I wasn't sure if it was going to be on a world level, a national level, a regional level, what have you. But I wanted to do something that would set me apart from everybody else. I don't know if pro wrestling is still in my future at this point, but I am still tight with everyone who I met, uh, along the way in there. Uh, minus maybe my first coach. Cause he was a little mad that I was leaving, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, I get it. I, it is what it is. You can't yeah. please everybody. Sometimes they just can't wrap their head around why you're doing what you're doing. Your logic is your logic. And sure. my logic is mine. And I was just like, cause originally I like, I had been training up in Uniontown um, with the Stronghold Training Center. First class Brandon K was my mentor over there. And it was a long drive, but I was willing to make it because I wanted to see how far I could go as a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then the ankle injury happened and I was kind of doubting myself a lot and I wasn't happy anymore. And MV Young, Gannon Jones Jr. and David Lawless, the latter of which is a former student of Brandon K's, had opened up uh, Technique to Train Pittsburgh uh, out in New Kensington. Uh, a lot of people will know that if you've been to Fridays on 5th as 880 Wrestling. And in January of this year, I decided I was going to transfer over there, and then I could just easily go back and forth between there, uh, Ameris's Taekwondo Center, and the Mat Factory. And... What led to me leaving pro wrestling entirely was I was I noticed as the month of January went on that I was trying to sort of preserve my body to get to jujitsu because I didn't want to get hurt and then not be able to do either. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I wasn't really getting a lot of practice matches in because I was too scared to do it because I I didn't want to get hurt again because the ankle injury was still pretty fresh. Uh, And so it, it just it got to a point where at the end of the month, I'm like. I think I know what I have to do here and it's just commit to one thing right now. And that right. ended up being my first love martial arts. Uh, it, 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 so I, I tried to uh, Taekwondo had to take a back seat, unfortunately, uh, cause, and it still has. And I look forward to when it no longer has to take a back seat. Um, but it, it's just been all grappling, uh, since then. And I've had, Mostly negative results in terms of my win-loss record over the past year. But then again, keep in mind, I had five years where I wasn't really training in martial arts. Yeah. And this has been a rebuilding year for me. 
And you guys were gracious enough to give me an opportunity to be in that cage for Sprawl in the Berg 1, to live out a childhood dream of mine, even though the rule set was a little different from how I imagined, even though I didn't get to pick my walkout music, <laughs> which is why I pitched the guy for Sprawl in the Berg 2, because I know that's main event yeah, caliber, and I want my walkout music. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, it's been a rebuilding year. I'm trying to get back to... And that's essentially my pro wrestling story being told in the world of yeah. of uh, of shoot martial arts is I am a guy who had all the potential in the world and for whatever reason, I ran away from it and didn't chase my dream. And eventually, I just got to the point where I'm like, I need to chase this. I don't know nice. how much time I have left on this planet. Nobody knows how much time we have left on no, this planet. Sir. I thought I was going to have a lot of time with my dad and he ends up passing away in 2020, uh, excuse me, uh, in 2018. Yeah. Uh, so uh, life is short and I want to be a world champion before the age of 40. I'm 28 right now. So I've got 12 years to accomplish Plenty what I want time. to accomplish. Uh, and uh, you gave me the, the, at least in terms of exposure, you gave me the start I was looking for in this world. And I thank you cool. for it. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to sprawl on the bird too. Whoever you put me against, hopefully it's against the guy yeah. I wanted. But if not, I mean, there's always December. We can try again there if Absolutely. he says no for October. Uh, but I'm excited to see what the future holds. I'm excited to uh, keep getting uh, more and more experience. Because jujitsu is like the closest martial art you will get in this day and age to pro wrestling and the fact that you can do it weekly. Mm. You, like uh, Pro wrestling, uh, they always make sure that they protect each other in the ring and talk about what they're going to do backstage uh, uh, so that they can preserve each other, get their money and then go to the next town the next week and do it all over again. Mm -hmm. Jiu-jitsu, because we're not getting punched in the face and we're not getting concussed. We can do sort of the same thing in that yep. regard. I mean, it will hurt. <laughs> you will feel sore. Like, I think I might have four competitions in October uh, for jiu-jitsu, yours being one of them. Nice. So we'll 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 see how I'm feeling by the end of the month. I will probably <clears> be feeling very sore. And but regardless of who you put me against, I will be as respectful as I can with my trash talk <laughs> because I don't know if anyone who paid attention to uh my promotion of my match with Lou, I didn't say one bad thing about him uh in the promos I cut. I was just, uh, I was just like, you're a nice looking guy. You got a good job. You got a good family. I want this more. Yeah. I kept it simple. I didn't resort to any, uh, it was shit good. baggery. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're paying attention. I guarantee you that because I, I, I've noticed a trend in MMA with the people who do want to talk and it's, they always go, <laughs> to the absolute worst human being possible levels yeah, yeah. with with their trash talk. Colby Covington goes to <laughs> pit, goes to Brazil, calls the entire country a dump, yeah. and is very lucky he did not get murdered. For sure. Juliana Pena decides to insult every single human being who has not had a child in the traditional manner. Right, right. When 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 she beat Amanda Nunes, she was like I'm a real mom. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. under what Oof, context? Yeah. Big deal. You actually carried a baby for nine months. You also just insulted everyone who has ever gotten like in vitro fertilization, who has ever adopted, 
who is an LGBTQIA parent, uh, like who, who anyone who has not had a child in in traditional means, you have just insulted them and said that they're not real parents, which is awful. And also, what happens if your child cannot reproduce one day? Are you then going to have to have an uncomfortable conversation with your own child uh, uh, about that? Uh, Mommy said some stuff back in 2022. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, why even open that can of worms? You don't need to do that. Like, I understand that being the bad guy can sometimes be cool. And that's why a lot of pro wrestlers do it, uh, uh, they, because they can have more fun that way. I also think they do it because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Not just in terms of being a character, but also just it is, in my opinion, it is easier to be a terrible human being than it, e- than it is to be a good human being. Because being a good human being means you have to care about the feelings of everyone you talk to. And yes, that can be exhausting, trying to make other people uncomfortable while also not compromising yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. But... You're putting good good karma into the world that way. Uh, Whereas if you just want to play the villain all day, you will have no one around you at at some point in your life and you'll just be alone. And do you really want to be alone? Uh, Like like all all the money you made during your career, that can only keep you happy for so long. At the end of the day, it's the people you surround yourself with that bring you joy uh, that make you feel like you did something important in your life. And that's what I want. I want to, I, I, I don't want to see so many MJFs in, yeah. Yeah. in the world of combat sports. I want to see more Cody Rhodeses, uh, and more the character Hulk Hogan, not because the person is apparently kind of <laughs> trash too, but like his whole shtick was, uh, when he was, an active competitor in the nineties and two thousands was, um, he, he was Mr. All America. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he, he was the true blue hero who never cheated. Um, and people liked that. And, you know, one of the most important fighters in our sport, George St. Pierre, and also Demetrius Johnson, Two stand-up class human beings who rarely ever have a bad thing to say about anybody. True. And the few times that they do, you know they mean business because they don't do it often. <laughs> uh, like, granted, they could have talked a little bit more, uh, mm-hmm. like this Mighty Mouse especially, because then again, it is Dana White's job to promote his fighters. But like, you know, Demetrius could have promoted himself a little bit more here and there. Definitely. But he was happy. He, he was happy. He was just doing his uh, own thing. Uh, yeah, he was doing his thing. Like, th- those are two examples of guys who never really had to cross any lines uh, uh, to get any attention. They were just good at what they did. Yeah. And, and I I want to see... I want to see fighters who want to talk and be the hero, not play the villain. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I don't think we have enough of those. It's a cool distinction, and I, I think I wonder... You being surrounded by Phil Amaris and Isaac Greeley constantly, that seems to go with their way of thinking a lot. Those two people, the two two of the best humans in the combat sports scene, in the Pittsburgh scene at large, I think that's probably rubbed off on you at some point. Well, I know Philip Jr. likes pro wrestling as a fan, but even he, I don't think, would prefer 
being that guy who talks. Yeah, uh, uh, Isaac especially. I don't think he would prefer being that no, guy who yeah, talks. No, yeah, I can't. Like can't the, 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 it, 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 it's that weird balance of traditional martial arts. They have humility instilled in them as one of the key teachings for early on. And I get that. I get that. I, I, like they raised me on that same platform. At the same time, this is a business. We're trying to make money. We're trying to sell the fights that we're a, a part of. And so, like, you got to if. Talking doesn't equate to being the villain, in my mind, only if you make it. And right. a lot of fighters seem to want to take that distinction. Sam Alvey, I God bless him. <laughs> he he uh, tried to be the good guy. Uh, but, Sam Alvey, uh, but but it came off as cheesy sometimes. Uh, More than a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it, and and we'll we'll see if if I'm not that guy, then hopefully someone will come along and they can be the Conor McGregor of niceness, uh, in a sense, because uh, Lord knows we need some good. We need more GSPs yeah. in the sport to balance out the Conor McGregor's, the Joanna Yonjay checks, uh, uh, the Colby Covington's who talk and sometimes take things a little bit too far, which, by the way, I think uh, another thing is that in pro wrestling, when wrestlers are trying to hype up a match, they message each other and like, hey, what are lines that I should and shouldn't cross with you? Sure. Now, granted, I didn't do that with Lou, but I didn't intend on crossing any lines. Well, yeah, and you I, didn't and even I, come close to a line with you. And, yeah. And I literally complimented him and said, exactly. "You're a good-looking dude. You got a nice <laughs> family. You got a good-paying job." Uh, so, uh, uh, I just want this more. Uh, um, and unfortunately, I did not get my hand raised. So maybe he wanted it more in the end. But, but like, I feel like if fighters did that, they're like, "Hey." Let's see how we can increase our bank account a little bit. Sure. I want to talk a little bit, but I don't want to cross any lines. I don't want any bad blood. Um, what are some things that are okay to mess with you about? Sure. And, and like, if they're willing to get their feathers ruffled a little bit, they'll probably answer back with like, um, I have weird looking feet <laughs> <laughs> and I like cake. So have fun with that. Do that. Like yeah. DC had that Popeye's uh, video. For sure. For uh, sure. So like that was something he never had any shame for. He liked fried chicken. He owned it. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. he owned that. Fried uh, chicken's amazing. If you don't like fried chicken, you're crazy. That's, I mean, amen come on. to that. Um, now, granted, you might also have some fighters who are just like, nothing. I, I I have struggles with my self esteem as is. I I don't want you. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what the things yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm self conscious of are, so that you can then blast them in a TikTok video yes. just so we can make a few extra bucks. Uh, and you know, I guess that's fine too. To each their own. Uh, but it's just like we can learn from. Uh, we as MMA people can learn from pro wrestling, and they can, and they've definitely learned from us. Mm -hmm. uh like keep in mind pancrase was started by a pro wrestler minoru suzuki one of the baddest men on the planet in both the worlds of pro wrestling and mma he was a pro wrestler when he founded pancrase and uh, uh fought there uh, now granted i don't know how many of the fights were fixed there because the japanese scene at the time was a little iffy <laughs> yeah uh, uh but but still like uh that and that's what I like about the the Japanese culture is that if you have the fighting spirit, no matter how trash you are as a fighter, 
they will still give you the opportunity to, sure. uh, to try. Uh, and they will make you feel like a star when you go out there and yeah. you do try. They did that with Sammy Sosa. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, wait. Um, Sammy Sosa. No, not Jose Sammy Canseco. Sosa. Jose Canseco. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but uh, like, like when dang, they, I didn't know Sammy did that. Like, too. What, like, didn't he fight Hongman Choi? I think was, so. Was, yeah. Was Pretty fought? sure he did. Yeah. Wow. Which man. was insane, by yes. the way. Everybody needs to go to YouTube and watch that if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> One of the funniest fights you ever watched. Just Jose Canseco literally running away the whole time. <laughs> he, he threw a couple sidekicks, which, which as a Taekwondo guy made me happy. Yes. But, but it's like, oh, these are doing nothing. Mm-mm. This is doing absolutely nothing. No. Uh, Wasn't he supposed to fight Brock Lesnar too? Canseco? Uh, I feel like that was like talked about at some point. I, Thank God it didn't happen. I, I'm still mad we didn't get Lesnar and Lashley in an MMA ring. And, and, crazy. and yet somehow like their first meeting in pro wrestling wasn't until like two years ago wow. at the at the I Royal Rumble. I L- like they had a one on one match in the Royal Rumble and it ended and all of their matches have ended in like DQ or with a wonky finish by the way, which which is weird. It is weird. Uh by the way, Bobby Lashley, his MMA career doesn't get enough credit. Like he did, he was good. He didn't yeah. win any world championships, but he was the Shark Fights heavyweight champion, and he had a record of I think like fifteen and two when he, he was retired. super solid. Yeah, like, like like he was really good, and he still found a way to balance that and MMA at the same time, which for a lot of American fighters has been hard to do. The ones that have tried Very true. for Japanese, it's a little different, but 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 for American fighters, like he was the one who figured out how to balance both uh, consistently Did fly under the radar a lot. Yeah. And I think Jake Hager tried a little bit mm-hmm. like you're right. He's still under Bellator contract, but he hasn't really, he's barely been on AEW, let alone yeah, I don't even uh, know let, what he's up to, let alone in a Bellator cage lately. But last I checked, he was still under contract and still had one more fight on that contract. So whether or not he actually gets to do anything with yeah. it, uh, we'll see. How could we forget the legendary MMA career of CM Punk? Um, the best. <laughs> I should have known this was coming up. L- listen, l- listen. I have to take some some. I have to eat some shit for this because when it was announced he was going to try MMA, I was his biggest cheerleader. Not because I'm a CM Punk cultist, because I know that those guys exist. Sure, and they're very active on the internet right now during this whole situation with. The elite uh, that led to the the show AEW Collision being born yeah. out of that, but I was just like, I wanted to see a win for the pro wrestling community in MMA, and I was hoping that like, because CM Punk, regardless of how well or how poorly he did, he does care about the sport. Yeah, I did think so too. It seemed like he was trying. I'll he, give him that. Like he went, he took it seriously. He went to Duke Rufus, yeah. uh, 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 like uh, trained with uh, high caliber guys. I think I can't remember if Anthony Pettis was still there at the time or if he had left. But like Ben Askren was there, Pat Barry and Rose were there. Uh, so like he had a lot of good training partners at his disposal. It was just a matter of his like time caught up with him. Like he was barely even he, he wasn't even wrestling at the time. Uh, like he was still in his high in his seven year hiatus from pro wrestling, healing up from all the injuries he had sustained over a very lengthy career. Uh, and like he wasn't really a body guy when he was a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like like his whole thing was straight edge, and and that applied to whenever he 
when it like you and I get hurt, we might take an Advil from time to time. He wouldn't even take painkillers for like the little pains he would uh, mm. uh, have in the ring. Like, I think the one thing he would take was antibiotics if he had like an infection of some kind. Sure. Uh, and and that, that was about it. But he didn't drink. He didn't do drugs. And that included, I think, protein powder. Uh, what? Uh, well, I, uh, you know what? I, I might, I might be making. I that hope up. that's true. I, I want that to that be up. true. But, it's true now. I but, don't care but, if it's made it's up. It's even funnier if you just made that up. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but nevertheless, for, for, for a wrestler to an extent, uh, he, um, I don't want to say he was fragile, but he might have been slightly more fragile than other wrestlers, mm -hmm. uh, uh, in a sense. So, like, MMA, uh, like. It didn't work out, but he tried. He tried, and I give him all the credit. He gave the it a go, it. and uh, and it's important that we give him credit for that because somewhere along the way, another pro wrestler is gonna try uh, MMA, and yeah. I want to see them do well. Might be my opponent at Sprawl in the Bird too, <laughs> for all we know. That would be uh, sweet. If he if he wants to try it, uh, uh, and more power to him if he does. Yeah, but but it's like there's gonna be crossover all the time. And I want to see these crossover guys have their success because then that just means that our world is a collective combat sports entertainment universe is thriving because it, it, and like with the UFC WWE merger that's coming up, like it's about to be finalized in a few weeks. Uh, like I know there are some guys at NXT who could definitely make it in the UFC. And there are definitely some personalities in the UFC who could, uh, have some successes in pro wrestling. Matt Riddle was one of them. Like, like, like I still remember when he knocked out Dan Stingen and he was caught. Oh, the, he was stuck. In that's a, a throwback. He was stuck in a moaning fit for like an was hour. Was that season seven? That was, was season seven. Okay, nice. That was yeah. season seven. He was 21, 22 years yeah, old. Yeah, that was very young. Uh, Matt uh, Riddle. Uh, like, like, didn't even the have wrestler. a professional yeah. record at the time. Yeah, dude. Uh, and just knocks out Dan Stingen with a, with a left hand. And Dan Stingen is like, that's your, yeah, viewers, YouTube, not only Jose Canseco and Hongman Choi, YouTube, Matt Riddle and Dan, Dan Stigen. Stigen? I forget how you spell it. I, just do Matt Riddle, vicious, ultimate fighter knockout. He was It'll basically stuck in a moaning fit for like It was hour. like hard to watch, actually. It was it was a very weird one. Rampage and Forrest were both incredibly uncomfortable. And yes. then they had to, and then they just cut away from it like nothing had like happened. Nothing happened, yeah. With playing the normal music again, it was hilarious yeah. there. It, it cut to Dan in the ambulance, I remember. And he was like, what happened? There was a fight? I, there was a fight like he just it was just <laughs> brutal i know i know especially as like your first exposure to the ufc because the ultimate fighter was some of he my literally first. grew yeah. up in the ufc yeah and uh, like it, 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 he was on track to challenge for the title and it, and he just kind of sabotaged himself a little bit because stay off the weed uh, <laughs> i i mean I think it's a dumb rule. Well, it's uh, gone now too, which makes it even dumber. Because, he he yeah. made the same mistake in Bellator, and then he was like, eh, "You know, I didn't even remember that. I didn't remember that he went to Bellator. That's crazy." And then he was like, "Let me give pro wrestling a try," because I think Sean Ross Sapp kind of nudged him into it, uh, and Fair. then he gave it a try. Uh, made his way up the indie scene. He was a great. Uh, uh, yeah, I he think was. I think he was part of like Evolve, which later became sort of like a feeder league for WWE, mm -hmm. and he had been a part of progress in the uk um was part of what culture pro wrestling for a little bit when that was going on and then what's he doing now 
Uh, he's um he's in a weird tag team with drew mcintyre where drew doesn't want to be his tag team okay. partner but it, let me put it this way ever since randy orton had his back surgery matt riddle has kind of been lost in the shuffle because and he's basically been playing the guy of like i need a friend and he can he kind of and like drew okay. mcintyre right now is that friend he needs but drew mcintyre wants no part of it they're gonna have a, a tag match, I think, with uh with the new day, like next week or the week after. But I'm pretty sure Drew's gonna turn on him and nice. then that'll lead to maybe a match at payback in Pittsburgh, by the way, uh next Saturday, if I have the timing right in my head. Um, but I don't know. Uh it, it, it's it's hard to say. Like Ronda Rousey just left. Uh, uh like her contract is up and that that SummerSlam match she had with Shayna Baszler that was her last match mm. and she's apparently going to go have more kids we all thought it was like she was getting ready for a UFC return but no she turns just, out nope she, she just wants to keep growing the family Fair. Which, which more power to her if she wants to do that like a uh, real mom <laughs> god damn it <laughs> see what you put into the universe Juliana Pena why why don't put that shit in the ether <laughs> Danny Palm, I got to kick it to you because you're the pro wrestling guy. I follow like 90% of what you're saying, but when you get to specific, I'm not a pro wrestling guy at all. I don't follow that world, but I know some, I, and I did go to the AEW show in Pittsburgh a couple months ago. It's a great show. I, I was I there too. That. Were yeah. you, were you also looking up at the ceiling trying to figure out where Darby Allen was because uh, no. at, in, like the main event, because he was, I was apparently seated right up right underneath the rafter that he was standing on and nice. so i'm like trying to look up and see like where is that's he? Hilarious. where where is he and, and so basically that, it no. was distracting me from watching the jungle Max. boy yeah. sammy guevara match that mm -hmm. was happening right in front of me which was good that was a good show like i said i i don't know much about pro wrestling but I had we a got to be we're, we're we're part of the AEW video game because of the crowd noise like nice. like, like like after that dynamite taping transitioned into rampage taping uh like there was an in-between segment where tony khan came out and he was like can you guys make some noise we're gonna record this for the video game fight forever and we're like okay <laughs> that's so funny and and it was and it was fun i haven't bought the game though but i i should i do want to buy it at some point because i do want to check out the uh the multiplayer online stadium stampede where it's like a 30 person battle royal just yeah. playing around daily's place so ridiculous <laughs> that's gonna be insane i did i wanted to ask danny palm though what you make of matt riddle's pro wrestling career are you invested in matt riddle at all yeah i mean i thought like when he was with randy orton rk bro that was that was hilarious i was a big fan of that but like right now like i agree with him like it's just there isn't really like like he doesn't he doesn't have like a good storyline or really anything yeah. right now. I kind of feel for Matt Riddle. I always rooted for him for whatever reason in, in the UFC. He was a likable guy. Yeah. Totally. And even now, like pro wrestling seems perfect for him. So this is disappointing for me to hear that he's like fizzling in that. So he's like the guy who can't find a home. It's weird. But they were they were on top for a while though, him and Randy Orton. Oh, okay. They, like, That's they, good. they were That's good. They, they were like they they were my fa they were one of my favorite things going on rk uh, bro <laughs> yeah rk bro uh, like, like a great name and, yes. and you could honestly tell that randy was having so much yeah. fun uh, uh being the straight man to uh to matt riddle's uh comedy guy right right uh, and, and like because 
Randy also likes to partake in the weed from time to time. Nice. Uh, so, Shocking. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, he had to ha- like. So they lose the titles to the Usos uh, in a title unification match. And then Randy has to go off and have back surgery. And he's like, you might have to retire soon. Unfortunately. Oh, wow. So so like if Randy's out of the picture, Riddle is going to be struggling for a bit because I don't know what you do with him right now. Uh it, it's a it's a weird place and i think you can agree danny that it's a weird time in wrestling right now just because like you've got the mjf adam cole story which i think has been incredibly fun and i hope it continues for at least a couple more months you've had the bloodline stuff which was good and but they never pull the trigger on when to drop the title from roman yeah uh, uh like they had their time they had their chance with drew mcintyre at clash in the castle and didn't pull it they had their chance with Sami Zayn in Montreal, and they didn't pull it. They had their chance with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, and they didn't pull it. They had their chance with Jay Uso, and they didn't pull it. What's left? Because I, I think Cody Rhodes' rematch is planned for Mania, but like even then, it's not a guarantee now that they're going to drop the title from Roman. But So what do you do from there? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm honestly tired of it. I want him to lose. Like I, to be honest with you, like I, he's a great character. Like his his run's been great and everything. But I've never been like a huge fan of his character or anything. Like I I thought for sure I was like, oh, he's gonna lose to Sammy in, in Montreal. Didn't. And I was like, oh, it's WrestleMania. Like he's losing to WrestleMania. Didn't. And then like thinking back on it, like I kind of get it with the storyline and stuff. But like, I don't know. It's- I think they've taken the Samoan mob boss character as far as they can go. (laughs) And 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 it's just like, eventually someone has to like shake things up and, and, and cause also like they changed the entire world title picture because of Roman. Like, like, like they made a new, they merged, they merged the titles and then brought a new title, which by the way, looks really nice. And Seth, (laughs) Seth Rollins is doing great things with it. And he's going to be, Defending it against Shinsuke Nakamura, who's a Pride FC veteran, by the way. Uh, yeah. Like, Who'd be fighting Pride? Anybody notable? Uh, Danny's Danny shaking his up. head. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't follow Pride as well as I wish I had. Uh, I just know Shinsuke Nakamura had a couple fights in Pride, and he did fairly well for himself. He had a, nice. I think he had a positive win-loss record by the time he retired and transitioned back to pro wrestling full-time. Uh, I think he, Brian Danielson, and Lyoto Machida were apparently roommates in a Japanese dojo at one Whoa. point. And, um, like, they... <laughs> uh, Nakamura and Machida apparently spoke just enough English that they could both understand each other and hate each other. <laughs> but this is according to Brian Danielson. Sure. Uh, uh, but, so, tapology has him at 3-1-1. One, and one. Nice. There you go. Solid. Uh, He he did beat Brock Lesnar for the IWGP title uh, before Brock just went to MMA full time. Uh, Mm. So so he does have he fought Ken Shamrock to a draw. Oh, that's a good draw. Damn. Back then, that's a good. Yeah, that's That's another crossover athlete. Yeah, great point. Yeah, Ken Shamrock. By the way worst promo ever ken shamrock <laughs> I, I, I still think about 
when he said, I'm going to beat you into a living death. A living death. And all Tito Ortiz <laughs> could laughed. do was laugh. And then he just kicks up a chair and is like getting ready to swing it at him. Dude, also, also, Ken Sherrock, worst ultimate fighter coach of all time, oh, probably. Yeah. At Connor, I haven't watched yeah, this new season, but worse than Connor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched it at all, but I just hear everybody say how uninvested Connor is. I didn't watch this season. I haven't watched Ultimate Fighter in a couple seasons now, so I get I, I have heard things. So I guess maybe Connor has him beat, but, but like Connor, Connor still yeah. tried in the first season. He coached. That's and, true. He was a great coach in that first one. I thought Connor's in a weird place right now where it's like. He is like that high school football player who has graduated and can't seem to find himself as an adult. Uh, like he, he, had he stayed on top of his game, he might still be where he wants to be right now. He might still be double champion. He might have actually beaten Floyd and would be riding the success that yeah. he had. But I think the money got to him. The money definitely got to him. And now he just thinks he can own wherever he walks and it's and he's quickly learning or maybe he's learning but he's in denial of it that he yeah. can't do that anymore and it's like that that's what i'm trying i, I don't want to say that's what i'm trying to avoid but it's like i thought i had all the potential in the world i and i walked away from uh from fighting for 10 years and now i'm back here and i'm rebuilding myself i realize where i have to what i have to do and where i have to go to get where i want to be he was on top of the world and then he let everything slip away and i don't think he realizes yet the things he has to do to get back to where he wants to be i think he could just thinks that he can snap his fingers and everything will be mm -hmm. back to the way it was he's unfortunately not the money fight he used to be well, the heights he already achieved are so crazy. It would be if he wanted more, I feel like that's kind of insane to even request. Like he what he is the biggest star that MMA's ever had. The the last thing, if I was Dana White, the last thing I would give him as a courtesy is a BMF title shot. That is like I wouldn't give him a world title shot. Who has but, that title? Justin, Ga Justin oh, Gaethje has it now. Uh, 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 so so much I paid attention. Which, which, by the way, by the way, that title needs to be defended, and it needs to. Yeah, how it, does Gaethje have? Did, did Masvidal so, so, so not win it? Masvidal retired without ever having defended it after okay. he won it, right. and then so it was they, vacant when they fought. And then they <laughs> then they had Gaethje and Poirier. So like Masvidal like presented it to the winner. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. So and that, that was my biggest complaint of when Jorge had it was he never defended it, and I'm like, you created a title, now do something with it. Don't just like, you don't have to let it be meaningless. Like titles exist so that they can be meaningful. Right. Otherwise, what's the point of having them? And everyone was just like, this title doesn't mean shit, so let's just get rid of it. And I'm like. No, do something with it. Yeah, do Def something cool. De defend it. And not just defend it in one weight class, defend it in every weight class or in catch weights. Uh, uh, and maybe even in a variety of rule sets. Just to, it's like, if you are truly the baddest motherfucker, prove it. Defend <laughs> defend it under the things that would make you the baddest motherfucker. And, like, and that means just like, maybe if you can't do open weight, do catch weight. Uh, uh, go up and wait. Go down and wait. Uh, uh, like, uh, uh, do submission grappling, do kickboxing Bro. rules. Uh, 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 like, it may, like, 
make that title mean something. Yeah. And as soon as Gaethje wins it, he doesn't throw it down like he did the interim gold, but he's still like, I want the world title. (laughs) If I was holding the BMF title right now, I would be like, let's do something cool with this. Let let me make this title mean something so you will all shut up on the Internet about this yeah. title not needing to exist. Let me give you Dude. a reason for it to exist. And I, I believe that the world of competitive martial arts could use its own hardcore title. So uh, uh, like if it can't be the BMF title, then somebody like one championship could probably make this work the best because they've got four different sports under right. their banner. They've right. got submission grappling. They've got kickboxing. They've got Muay Thai. They've got uh, MMA and they occasionally like to do specialty rules here and there sure. for for their bouts. You could have an open weight hardcore championship uh, uh, where you could experiment with rule sets. You could have someone defended against all those different rule sets. Like an open weight makes sense uh, in their case because they there's apparently plans for an open weight Muay Thai tournament for them at some point. I don't know if those plans got thrown out the window at, at any point, but it's like that's something I heard a few months ago that they were doing. That's something they announced a few months ago that they were doing. I totally uh, missed that. Uh, and, that's insane. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm I kind of want to see them go through with it just to see like <laughs> just to know just to see if like like let's see here let's see how if, uh, uh, Rod Tang does against uh, Alistair Overeem if he wants to <laughs> if he wants to be a part of it. Overeem is like close to his weight now though. <laughs> I didn't th- I don't think Overeem lost that much weight. <laughs> no, I, was <laughs> I was kidding. But I did get the intense urge now that you've mentioned this. Hear me out, Danny Palm, Nico. Justin Gaethje versus Matt Brown BMF title fight at 165. Let's go. Let's go. I like it. <laughs> could Brown make 65? I don't know. I think so. I feel like he could. He doesn't seem like a giant welterweight to me. I mean, he did compete on tough as a middleweight. So did he? Uh, I didn't know that. So this actually, either way, this is actually a good transition for another thing I wanted to ask you about. Do you feel like weight cutting has gotten a little too ridiculous? Yeah, in this one day million age? percent. Yeah, like we see a lot of guys who are trying to be the biggest guy in the room. And yet I keep thinking about guys like Igor Vochenshkin, yeah. uh, uh, Sakuraba, guys who would just Fedor. be like, yeah. this is what I weigh walking around. Uh, Frankie Edgar, these, this is what I weigh walking around. Big deal, I'm short. That's what uh, I'm going to fight. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, th- this is where I'm going to fight. Because eating disorders and the mental struggles that come with them don't get talked about a lot in this sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of and a lot of those eating disorders are caused by weight cutting. My mom was a cheerleader and uh, she struggled with eating disorders, um, not just from cheerleading, but also from the pressures of of school. Sure. Uh, and like I have ADHD and I swear to you, when this Ritalin that I'm on right now wears off, I'm going to be having cravings uh, mm-hmm. uh, because like the, the medication I'm on curbs those uh, those cravings. And as soon as it wears off, I'm like. If I don't go to sleep, I need something to do, and that includes keeping my mouth moving. And like, so I I just start eating crazily, and and you know, I think I said to to your matchmaker Jim at one point that like when I did make the transition to MMA, I might do one seventy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do that anymore because yeah. because it's like I I think about where I am uh in in terms of like the neurodiversity scale uh, and i'm like i don't think i could 
mentally or physically handle making that cut because I would be overthinking everything to the point that I would eventually self-sabotage. It's a lot. It's yeah. probably just in my better interest to just try and get stronger. Right now I'm I'm an 85er. I might end up I might end up bulking up to 205 and not by choice but just because like that's the body grows and I'm trying to put on some muscle to keep these joints safe so I can keep doing this for a very long time. Uh I'm 5'9", so if I end up fighting at 85 or 205 instead of 170 or 155, that's the, the, the bet I've made for myself, and that's the bet I will lie in. I would rather be uh, well-fed and able to think hmm. clearly uh, on weigh-in day and on fight day than be drained and struggling because i decided to sap myself dry just yeah. so i could have the slightest size advantage and yeah i i there are guys who are smaller than me in practice and i enjoy not having to struggle when i grapple them <laughs> but i know that that's not going to be the situation every single time For sure. and, and i feel like at this stage like some like as i said with the we need a hero talker as opposed to a villain talker or someone who doesn't talk at all we need another Frankie Edgar, another Igor Vovchanchkin, another Fedor, someone who will just come in at their walking around weight and be like, you're dumb for sapping, <laughs> for sapping yourself dry just so you can have the slightest power advantage that will end up going away at round three. Yeah, I'm I'm physically happy. I'm physically healthy. I haven't drained myself to the point of no return. If that works in my favor, yay. If that doesn't, oh, well, but this is uh, I'd rather just weight classes exist so that everything is fair game why the hell are you cutting down three weight classes when, yeah when, when, like just fight where you are there's nothing wrong with that yeah in i like my mind i like when fighters go up and wait and end up being more successful like robert whitaker started one his ufc career at 170 and then became the middleweight champ he just looks so much better up at middleweight it's always cool to see anthony smith yeah daniel cormier uh, he was uh, always better at heavyweight he, for sure oh yeah oh yeah uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, I mean, John Jones at this stage now, although we haven't really seen much of him at heavyweight. Yeah, we've I seen can't two, wait for the next we, one. We've seen two minutes of him at heavyweight. And they were good. <laughs> good two minutes. Like Forrest Griffin used to fight at heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, uh, and like, he, he was a big dude. BJ Penn was your, I'll just fight anybody at any weight. Like BJ Penn fought Leota Machida. <laughs> At, at, at open weight it's insane. And, and yeah. he, he was like 195 he basically weighed the same as me right now <laughs> yeah. when he fought Leo yeah. Machida uh, and like Rich Franklin uh, mm -hmm. uh, like like yeah he was the champ at 185 but he had a lot of success at 205 and I kind of wish he had stayed at 205 but he, he was like in his last fight with, with Kung Lee he decided I'm going to go back down and then he like right Got hook from him. hell in that China was a vicious knockout dude <laughs> yeah yeah Kung Lee, I, I miss him. I, I, I want to see him fight again. I, I he was like fun. We didn't get to see enough of Kung Lee in, in LA. Yeah, uh, he was super tough. Because he, he liked shooting movies a lot. and he's, I can't blame him when that's the alternative. Fair enough. He was another guy I tried to model myself after. Nice. Again, again, a Taekwondo guy. Uh, sure. Uh, but also a good wrestler. A uh, little bit short and stocky. Mm -hmm. um, 
George St. Pierre is also a guy who didn't cut a lot of weight. Now that I think about it, like he, like when he was uh, the, in his first reign as champ, he only cut like 15 pounds mm -hmm. and then he put, and then like he put on like seven extra pounds of muscle. And then that, that still wasn't a yeah. lot compared to what everyone else was cutting. And he and arguably like, looked better against Bisbing as well at 85. Oh yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. He was, like that was one. I was flawless. I was so happy because <laughs> again, that was my childhood hero, George St. Pierre. So yeah, seeing yeah. him come back, win another title in another weight class. Uh, and like, I wish he could have defended it, but colitis is colitis. It is what it is. Brutal. I know it runs in my family too. So I really, get it. Oh, yeah. no. I guess he, he's said he's basically fixed it with intermittent fasting. Fixed it. I still don't understand the concept of intermittent fasting, uh, but like, I'm excited to see who he grapples uh, for the fight pass. Did they, is it December. Damian Maya? I, that is was, it GSP versus that, Damian? That was the name uh, going around, but it wasn't official. Uh, so I don't really, I think he's, it's still up in the air yeah, at this I, point. I, I don't think that's official, but I, yeah, at one point that was like, that's who it needs to be. <laughs> like, can we actually just do that? I mean, it would be I cool was excited. if it was. I think it is uh, GSP versus Isaac Greeley, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be fun to watch, too. I would, I, by the way, I really wish that the Isaac Gray match had had like four more minutes. You you and a whole lot of people in the Monroeville Convention Center that night, my friend. Yeah, there were that. That was a fantastic match. Isaac was coming on towards the end, too. You could tell kind of hitting a new gear, but. That's, that's I want to see how long at least I could potentially grapple for. Uh, like we have the six minute match and I guess, but granted I was on the bottom for most <laughs> of that match. Uh, Carry and lose uh, 195 pounds. Yes. Yes. Uh, but it's like, I, I want to see how much longer I can go. I want to do the 10 minutes and then I wouldn't mind doing like Iron Man rules. Let's do a 30 minute match. Whoever gets the most submissions in those 30 minutes can be declared the winner. That, that uh, be fun. Uh, like, I don't know who you'd pair me up against for for that. Uh, like, could be the guy I asked for. Could be someone else <laughs> who maybe has a little bit more experience uh, 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 or has better cardio. Well, again, I like this. This is this is, this is the benefit of me being from both worlds here is that like I have these ideas in my head of like how can we bridge our two worlds together? Mm -hmm. What kind of match stipulations from pro wrestling can lend themselves to actual martial arts competition? And, sure. and in jujitsu, like the Ironman rules, best two out of three falls, uh, uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I mean, in a sense, it, uh, what is a tuxedo match? If not a, a different version of a gi, uh, <laughs> uh, like, like that's, that's an option. Uh, so it's like, there's, there's a bunch like we there's a bunch of ideas we could try if we were just willing to be experimental yeah. with it. And, and, and it's like I, I think we'd have to let go of um our need to be serious at some points in time. Uh, uh but like you know, and they're they're probably the worst example to bring up, but fight circus on yeah. youtube has made it work like fight circus is fun dude they had they're insane rampage jackson and bob sap in yes. a siamese <laughs> boxing match where they were both wearing the same shirt rampage had <sighs> one arm open bob sap had the other arm open this and the they were they I've were fighting heard. two other guys who are wearing one shirt and just and then rampage starts <laughs> beating up the ref in the middle of course of he does why but, not it was it was just so wild. Uh, 
I do think tag team MMA could work, but they've never every t- example I've seen, they've never really been able to lock down a rule set. Yeah, they've tried the tornado tag style and it always just ends. But they also do an elimination and then it just ends up being a two on one scenario at some point. How does Submission then, Underground do it? Do you know? Because they do tag team grappling, I think. Uh, I, I don't I've never know seen for it. certain, but yeah. I, I do believe Quintet. um I, I think they're like they do they do it gauntlet style where it's like, okay, you beat uh, they start out with two guys, one from each team. Right. Whoever gets tapped out, they have to right, right. leave, and then the next guy goes in, and then whoever which makes which, sense. whichever team is left. But standing. if Gordon Ryan's on your team, then fair, fair <laughs> point, fair point. Do you think we could do a variation of a grappling Royal Rumble? Dude, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We, could, I like where your head's at. Though. I, I, I think we'd have to do it gauntlet style as opposed to everyone in the ring at once. Yes, just, just to make it <laughs> work. But, but I think that would be a fun idea. Is just like just get because again, sprawl on the Berg won sixty two competitors. That was enough for two Royal Rumble matches <laughs> if you wanted to. That's so. how Nico thinks we could have had two Royal Rumbles instead of thirty two matches. So, so basically, <laughs> what I'm thinking is. You get another 30 guys and you just have a gauntlet <laughs> uh, like like have two guys start out. Whoever gets tapped out, they have to leave. Bring in the next guy. And then I don't you keep hate doing these it, ideas. You, yeah, you keep I mean, doing it for 30 more guys until crazy. whoever yeah. wins. And um, for all we know, uh, Liam Jones could end up walking out the winner of that. Uh, he's uh, going to doubt that kid now. Yeah, I, like th- he's a stud. I've he rolled is, with dude. him and like he, awesome. he's, a, he's a child prodigy. Yeah, for sure. He's going to be something special someday. I'm very excited. He's something special right now but to oh, that yeah. point. But yeah, I, I know he's going to be mean. something even yeah. more special. Absolutely. Down the road. Yeah, he's on he's on a path for sure too. Jaden Palombine as well looked fantastic. There's a lot of young studs in this area for sure, obviously. I mean, you got the wrestling backgrounds here, getting into more submission grappling, which we're very excited to bring to have some youth matches on the card. That's always cool. Yeah, dude. I like where your head's at with these creative ideas, though, because Sprawl in the Berg, the interesting thing is that for Brawl in the Berg, that is a state sanctioned sport, MMA. You can't just go off road and be like, oh, we're going to do a Royal Rumble MMA. Like, that would be great, but the commission would never allow it, you know? And and to be honest, I, I would probably put my foot down too, <laughs> just because it's like, this is cool, but someone's gonna get seriously hurt for sure. So for sure, it, it's one of those ones that just kind of has to stay a pipe yeah. dream. But with with jujitsu, it's a little more of a gray area now, where the commission does have a very small level of oversight with grappling, but it's not. They're not. It's not quite the same. By the way, yeah. pro wrestling, they understand the Pennsylvania Athletic Commission struggles <laughs> as well. Like, like, especially when it, like, I know for uh, some guys who I worked with, not I worked with, but I was backstage working security and whatnot whenever they would be prepping for shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, there were times where they were like, I want to bleed. I want to use these weapons. I want to do this sort of thing. And the thing is, the Pennsylvania Athletic Commission, for one, as far back as like, I think two thousand four, when JBL was champ, uh, barbed wire wasn't allowed uh, in in Pennsylvania. Um, so doesn't surprise me. We couldn't really use that if you wanted to. But they got away with it because it's the WWE. What can you do if they want to put it on the top of the cage? You can't really say no. Sure. Uh, 
But if for an indie show, it's a little harder to get away with that sort of stuff. And also, you if you want to bleed in Pennsylvania for a pro wrestling event, you have to do it the hard way. <laughs> you know, like nice. you, you can't Gotta get be real. You can't get caught blading. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, you'll get in serious legal trouble and they'll shut down the show. Um, That's pretty nuts. I I know I know. So I I understand from two different worlds the struggles that come with working with the Pennsylvania yeah. Athletic Commission. It's all valid. And circling back to CM Punk, that's something I think of all the time, is I don't know how they got him approved in Ohio, man. I don't. How that fight happened in Cleveland. I think about that now, being on this side of it, of just being like, does UFC have that much money and power that they were just like, listen here, we'll give you a little bit of this, and you let our boy CM Punk fight. Because, I mean, Danny's seen it too. Like We get fights denied all the time. Not all the time. That's not fair. We put together very fair matches, but we've had fights denied, and it's been like, wow, really? That got denied? I mean, all things? With, the, with this Endeavor deal that's happening, uh, uh, with the merger with WWE, turn it into one big parent company, TKO, like they definitely have the money. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, yeah. not a lot of that money is going to the fighters, uh, yeah. or at least not enough of it. Uh, and. You know, that's why I, I see other promotions like one and the PFL uh, doing their thing. And I'm like, good on them. Like, like they're they're creating more options for yeah. fighters. And, and props to Francis Ngannou for doing what he did. Like he's, he, he, he shot his shot. We And a lot of people thought he missed. And then he ended up yeah. swinging a grand slam yeah. uh, with, with that. And I'm I'm extremely happy for him. Uh, I want to see more fighters test free agency now and, and see like it, what more they can do to better themselves. Yeah. Uh, especially in this day and age where it's like no fighter can get bigger than the UFC. No wrestler can get bigger than the WWE. Uh, so no one can reach Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, the rock status mm -hmm. anymore uh, because those companies have just gotten so big and so wealthy and they and they they try to keep it that way uh, so that no one can really branch out and become bigger than no the doubt. company. Uh, and, and you know maybe maybe to an extent they're right because we saw what happened with Connor and, and like he tr he almost got bigger than the company and then he kind of crashed and burned a little bit. Yeah, so, but yeah, he flew like, too close to the sun. That does not mean that fighters should not be getting something that they can live off of sure. especially if you're not going to let them have sponsorships on their shorts anymore but like that that made a big deal for a lot of fighters in terms of pay was having as much as we hate to say it condom depot made fighters a lot of money by just Hell having yeah. them dynamic fastener shout out <laughs> pla plastered on their crotches and whatnot <laughs> true. Uh, so uh now the like everything is a little more streamlined and and uh, not like NASCAR anymore. Yeah, uh, with with their shorts, it, 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 you have to do more to stand out, and uh, the company also has to do more to promote their fighters, uh, and um, also the fighters have to do more to promote themselves. No and, doubt. And but at the end of the day, the fighters should still be getting paid something that they can live off of, uh, especially if like they're losing all their money in in the training camps they're investing in, the coaching they're investing in, the travel, the uh, thing like. Uh, like pay them enough that they can actually make a profit off of this. Uh, yeah, I think it's it becomes more interesting when you compare it to the NFL, NBA, the payouts that the company makes versus that the athletes make. That's that's where it gets it starts to look bad for the UFC because on the surface, 
to me at least. What the UFC pays the fighters is no, it's really not that bad. Not as bad as people make it sound, especially when you compare it to the alternatives. Like if you look at a Bellator undercard, and Bellator is probably number two. It's either them or PFL. You can look at either one. Look at either undercard and what their fighters are making versus the UFC. Like UFC definitely pays more, but whenever you compare the money the UFC is bringing in overall versus what they're paying out, that's when the conversation it's a much gets smaller like, percentage. Yeah, yeah. What are you guys doing? So, and I don't know, behind the scenes, I mean, the UFC has obviously done amazing things for the sport of MMA, and they are clearly the biggest. There's zero debate about that, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for fighters. I understand why it's frustrating, but... More competition. Like, basically, what has to happen is more options. And this goes for pro wrestling, too, because, like, WWE was the big thing here in America. AEW came along. They're still uh, they're still doing pretty well. They're about to sell out... Uh, they're about to sell at Wembley Arena this weekend, uh, uh, so they've got that going for them. But even <laughs> no then, that, that's still just two companies. You yeah. Know, it, like, uh, it, and uh, yeah, you might make a lot in Japan, but in terms of American audiences, like there needs to be more options. More, more companies need to grow to that status. That goes for both of our sports here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because the the more competition, the more options that these athletes have, and the more they can do for themselves to build their brand. To, to build those companies that might be starting out but could i still wonder if freddie prince jr is actually going to be creating his own wrestling company because that was a thing is that that's a real that, rumor that, that was a thing that was uh, reported to be happening as far back as last year and then i think what happened was freddie lost an investor and, mm. and and then the plans got put on hold and i don't know if they're still in the works but oh, that sucks but that I want that just for the hilarity of it. He he would like like he is a he he was a former wrestling writer so uh, so like he Never has experience in the business uh, and he cares wow. about the business uh, and uh, like I feel like he could have done some great stuff. What's still his... could potentially do some great stuff if he gets the chance. Yeah, but it's just a matter of like you need money to create these options uh, you need to Crazy. like you you know this firsthand from two from all the stuff you're doing here at 247 that uh, you got to spend money to make money and that's why i haven't <laughs> that's why i've mostly stuck with trivia and legos for all my <laughs> charity stuff i want to do something big yeah, yeah. Uh, but i like i don't have the contacts and i don't have the know-how especially in terms of legalities of what it takes to like plan and hold a physical event yeah where i could do the things i want to do so i just keep it basic and i'm like Hey, let's do trivia videos. Let's do a long Lego build. I don't have to like license or or outsource uh, anything. Else. Well, I did have to outsource a lot of stuff with the trivia, but with the Legos, like I was just like, I just gotta go to Target and buy something, and then I can build it over the course of forty six hours, and then just try to stay awake. Uh, right. Uh, and uh, like I didn't have to spend a, a shit ton of money to make my things work sure uh, uh, but like i want to go bigger i want to go bigger and i know i'm gonna need the the help of other people with a lot of money and a lot of know-how um this place might be one of those people that i could uh, get we'll that see. help from but we'll see where things go yeah get, man like my dream would be get people from wwe get people from AEW, get people from the ufc bellator pfl uh, one get them all on uh, and the indies uh, the indie shows from both our worlds anyone who would want to be a part of this get them all under one roof and so long as they're not a shitty person i won't show them the door uh, uh and and just see what kind of magic we can make together for sure because like um i think uh it was just this year 
uh, Antonio Inoki passed away, and but before he passed away, and now and also after now, that there would be like an annual show where they'd have because uh, Antonio Inoki was a big MMA fan. Yeah. Um, uh, he um, he had this event called the Bumaye. It would be an annual event, and he'd bring in wrestlers and fighters and people who had experience in both josh barnett was actually a part of this year's uh and tom lawler too nice tom lawler did i think a uwfi rules match uh which is basically like worked mma with uh open hand strikes uh gotcha josh barnett did an actual mma fight i think uh with and um uh marcus aurelio threw someone out of a pit (laughs) (laughs) As a part of, by the way, this was an actual fight. This wasn't a wrestling match. Like he just did his capoeira kicks, and then judo threw a guy out because they weren't using a ring or a cage. That this was just a pit a with pit. With, with like a drop uh, in the floor, okay. and, he, and he threw and he okay. basically he threw the guy he was fighting out of the pit, and he landed so hard on his back onto the floor that the fight had to be called there. Yeah, and yeah. then he celebrated like he just won the oh Super Bowl. Oh my god. Uh, 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 it was, it was the, that's my homework to look up on youtube uh it was hard to find because it was on pay-per-view they showed the prelims for it but they i couldn't that's insane i couldn't find access to the pay-per-view oh so uh, i wanted to watch the whole thing um well, but you heard like, it here first pit fighting coming to 247 fighting <laughs> championships <laughs> how, do, how do you feel about the old school pan craze rules because that is something i would love to try before i call it quits i think it, it's it, interesting it's a good it's kind of like combat jiu-jitsu at this point i mean that's a very similar idea i think like i i want to try as many rule sets as i can while i'm still physically able to yeah and and that goes back to my wanting for an mma hardcore title uh just like <laughs> yeah okay this month we'll do combat jiu-jitsu this next month we'll do pillow fighting championship rules and then <laughs> the month after that we'll do pancrase rules uh, uh, like uh the month after that who wants to do lethway with, with the headbutts <laughs> oh my god and, uh, and it's just like I just want to experiment as much as possible sure. in, in the safest way possible. I don't want to go too gimmicky. Well, I feel like I already am going gimmicky with it, but it's like I want to be reasonable with how gimmicky we take it. Sure. Like I want, I want there to be purpose. I want there to be structure. Yeah. I don't want this to like what all the things I'm pitching. I don't just want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Which, by the way, whoever came up with that saying brutal is saying. Yeah, that's a brutal uh, saying. But, but it's. <laughs> I, I want this to be fun, but I still want this to feel like a sport because I know that there's a, a fine line where we where that where we could cross where things get super ridiculous, and and like I don't want to go to the point where we've jumped the shark. Yes. And and if we do jump the shark, I want there to be meaning behind it. Right. Because uh, uh, you have to know you're jumping the shark, and that's part of the that's part of the selling point. It's like let's and, all jump this, and shark. then we can eventually. <laughs> put the shark back in the cage <laughs> right. afterwards because if we if we jump the shark without a purpose and and then we just let it roam free uh, uh then we're in trouble we've lost Dude. our way at that point yeah. and so it's, it's like so and i know that's a hard line to draw i know that's a hard balance to find but it is. the shark is coming back to our cage by the way danny palm sasha the shark reynolds is taking on Jess Elizabeth at Sprawl the Bird 2. Just announced today. Let's go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> is she going to be singing the national anthem before the event? I don't think. I don't think she's pulling double duty on that. She does have a pretty ridiculous walkout planned. If she still wants to go through with that, I'm going to have to talk to her about that and see. 
We need to get Nico a walkout now that I, now that you've filed a formal complaint. That's why I asked our, for the guy I wanted. I, I mean, because are, I know that you cannot give him the undercard. You are correct treatment. about that. And, like, you are correct. I basically listen. I lost against Lou, and yet I found a way to potentially fail upwards. And and that <laughs> that was the key of life. That that was that was my goal here. I'm like, if I'm gonna lose again, potentially. I at least want to do it on the main card. Do I don't want really to do it cool. on the prelims. And so that's why I was like, I shot my shot. We'll see where things go. I hope things work out when you have this conversation with his coaches in Cincinnati. And, <laughs> uh, and then uh, maybe we can st- get the ball rolling from there. If, 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 if the ball doesn't get rolling, I'm curious to see who you'll pair me up with then. Uh, but it's like, well, well, there's no shortage of options around here. That's the good news. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. We'll find you somebody. Dude. And and if he says no for October, I'll try again for December because we're going to keep trying to. I mean, that's how obvious. often do you want to keep having these sprawl of the bird cards? You want to keep it like a bi-monthly thing or there's a lot of balls up in the air right now for us on that level. Um, right now, I would say like three a year probably okay if things stay the same and we are working on things that they might not stay the same so if they don't stay the same more frequently than that but if they stay the same like three a year okay okay this one in october came about wasn't originally planned we had our mma show already scheduled Brandenburg 18 for october 21st at the meadows and we had previously talked to the meadows about doing grappling in april Sprawlenberg 1 was potentially going to be before Brawlenberg 16. The same deal that we did in Monroeville, we wanted to do it at the Meadows, but they were like, we don't really know if grappling will succeed. Like, I don't know if a grappling show will be the same as an MMA show, which totally fair, valid point. That was what you were thinking. By the way, do I sound better now that the mic is slightly closer to my face? You sounded good the whole time, (laughs) honestly. I I, I don't know why. I just thought like, oh, the mic is actually kind of far from me. No, yeah, you sounded great the whole time. Or I would have said something. But yeah, like the plan was originally April at the Meadows because the Meadows show, we knew that MMA show was selling out because Victor Lapari, that flyweight, he just sold like madness. That guy went crazy. So we wanted to do grappling the, the day before. They weren't, they had reservations, which I get. Monroeville was willing to give it a shot. So that's how Sprawl the Berg ended up in Monroeville instead of the Meadows. Went back to the Meadows after Monroeville and was like, hey, here's how it went here's the video of the show here's the feedback we got i think we got something here they reviewed it as a team and we're like all right let's do it so that's why Sprawlenberg 2 is now in october instead of december and Sprawlenberg 3 is going to be in december nice yeah. nice and i'm hoping we get the same uh, like well not the same but uh, a very similar crowd for Sprawlenberg 2 that we, we got for Sprawlenberg yeah. 1 because I, not I, better. I really liked uh, the difference in the crowds uh, mm-hmm. between Sprawlenberg and Very noticeable, yeah. Like, it was it was so chill uh, uh, for Sprawlenberg 1. Yep. Uh, like, like, the music was playing literally as the fights were going on. <laughs> Did you notice uh, that, by the way, when you were competing? I, was it, it was quiet enough that I could still hear Dempsey and okay. Gina giving me instructions. Cool. But, by the way, I owe... Uh, yes, Isaac and uh, Chris Dempsey and Matt Schaefer, um, they uh, have done a lot for me um, over the years to mm-hmm. help me improve. But I owe a great deal to Gina Tallarico and Jimmy Sarah. Uh, Gina is basically my jujitsu mom. And nice. um, 
we actually met when I was a young child long before I started doing jujitsu because I bit her child in kinder soccer. <laughs> uh, and so we had to have an awkward talk. And then she was like, I, then, then I go, then we, we start doing jujitsu together several years later. And she's like, I recognize you from somewhere. I've been did, waiting to choke you for 12 years. Did you bite my <laughs> child? And I'm like, did I? I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, but now she's basically like my mom away from my mom That's and, awesome. and, and I love her to death. And Jimmy Sarah has been a great friend too, uh, uh, helping me. Um, uh, cause Gina also has ADHD and Jimmy has had his own struggles physically and mentally. So I think that I've been able to relate a little bit more, uh, with them. Nice. Uh, and, and, um, you know, that being said, Chris, Matt, Isaac, they all know how to keep me calm too, but I think Gina and Jimmy are uh, two of the best at keeping me calm personally. Awesome, because man. because we we just gel that well together. Um uh kudos to Matt too. Uh, uh, uh like Matt Matt Schaefer is Massive one of man. the chillest guys he I've ever met in my whole is, life. Yeah. Like he actually got mad this week and I was and I was scared. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh I'm like uh, and, and like it was a controlled mad, but you could still. still tell he was mad. And I'm like, I don't know if I like being here right Dude, now. <laughs> Matt, Matt is so much more effective when you never get mad. Like that guy, like Matt, perfect example. If you would see him get mad, you'd be like, oh, like he's that. This is serious, man. Because to get him mad, he had to be livid. What happened? Uh, I don't know private? if I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm right, not going right, to say, right. I'm not going to I think I've said too much already. <laughs> uh, uh, but all my coaches are good. Shout out to Dempsey for, uh, uh, his work in Poland, uh, today. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. Representing over there along yeah. with Tanner Cahill and Gavin Teasdale also doing work over he, there. He, like Dempsey's match was apparently against like, I think the defending champ from I last that, year. Yeah, and I'm like, how the hell did that work out? Pretty uh, crappy first draw, but Hey. Them's them's the breaks. I have no idea if he's still in contention for bronze yet, though. So uh, I don't think so. Yeah, from what I understand, Danny Danny Palm was watching this a lot today, keeping us updated. I need to get a flow grappling subscription. Like like, I didn't real. I, I always just thought that you could watch shit on YouTube or you yeah. had to go to UFC Fight Pass. I didn't realize that they were grappling centric streaming services. But then again, I probably should have expected that because like, how many pro wrestling streaming sure. services are there? How many MMA streaming sure. services are there? You've got one. Or two four seven live. Yeah, I was gonna say we got our own. So, yeah, man, it's a it's a wild world out there. But I'm excited, man, for Sprawlenberg too. Getting you back in there, I, I am think too. And I'm hoping I'll win this time. Saying. The dream match is still the goal. But even if it's not, we're gonna get you in there, man. It's been super awesome catching up with you and hearing more about your journey because I was curious too. Just. Where it all started for you and everything. So I I'm, hope I'm I lived up to, to the hype that we uh, set for this. Dude, you did. you did. And I hope I didn't say anything stupid because the people who love me and know me very well, they, they were probably fearing like, please don't say anything stupid. Please did he say, say anything, anything stupid? stupid? I don't please think don't... he said anything stupid, but viewers, let us know. I mean, Comment I'm, I'm the stupidest I'm thing Nico's. <laughs> I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering no. if me saying that Gina and Jimmy know how to talk to me better than the other three uh, uh, was a stupid thing. Because really, they... I, I, I think I might just have been wrong there, because like I mean, I think I might have just been flat out wrong. Because here's the well, Dempsey definitely says some stupid shit from time to time, but but, but like, um, Isaac and and Matt, 
they they know how to talk to me too. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, well, if you didn't already dig your hole, I don't know. You may just have with I, that. <laughs> I I once got on Dempsey's bad side because, and this is still a belief that I have. <laughs> I think it's one of the dumbest things in the world when you get your own tat, you get your own name tattooed <laughs> on you, and Dempsey has his name tattooed on his back, and Tyler Amit uh, Chico mentioned this to Dempsey. <laughs> And then Dempsey looked at me like I had just kicked the babe, kicked Dude. a baby down the street. Dude. And and I was like, I stand oh. by my statement. <laughs> That's one of my favorite endings to a podcast ever, because you're like, I don't know if I said anything stupid. Let me trash Chris Dempsey here for three minutes instead. <laughs> Let me just make sure we end on a high note. No, man, that was awesome. This whole podcast was awesome. Dude. Happy to be awesome, here. Awesome uh, talking before with you. you hit, uh, <laughs> before you hit to end that stream, RIP to the great Terry Funk. Yeah, that's a good way to end it. Can't do it any better than that. Thanks for coming in, Nico. Happy to you're, be here. You're the man, brother.